Welcome to MVC Basketball Weekly. I'm Scott Prerost. Uh, with me is uh, Jacob Urish and Ken Canoon. Uh, so we're going to start off by talking about Illinois State uh, basketball for you. Uh, so the Redbirds are coming off a 7-18 and record last year uh, with head coach Dan Muller under center. Uh, so uh, <clears throat> they've got two double-digit scores returning from last season uh, and senior guard Josiah Strong who averaged uh, 11.5 points last year and junior guard Antonio Reeves who averaged 12.4. Uh, uh, I was told that he put on a lot of muscle this year and uh, he looks like a whole different player. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I think it's about the whole team, really. That's what Jake was saying. I mean, you could tell during the workouts, Antonio Reeves went, what were you saying, lifting three days a week, or three times a day, I mean, and uh, the rest of the team has put on a bunch of weight, too, and I think that's a big thing, because last year, especially late in games, they kind of just got bullied, outworked, and everything like that. They could have been leading in the fourth quarter, but they just they weren't able to hold on to those leads, and I think that's going to be a big thing for them this year, if they can continue to hold, if they are holding the lead late in the game, hold on to that lead. Yeah, just speaking of last season, um, as uh, we already touched on 7-18, and 4-14 and 14 in the MVC. Um, something else, uh, they've added a couple forwards, uh, Liam McChesney and Kendall Lewis from Utah State and Appalachian State, respectively. Um, those are two players to keep an eye on and maybe you know, look to see if they make some sort of impact this season. And another player that I saw, I think it was transfer guard, uh, was junior Mark Freeman from Tennessee Tennessee State. He averaged uh, 17 points, uh, 4.6 assists, and almost two steals a game. So it looks like he's going to be a pest on defense. Uh, so I think he should help them out with their guard play. Yeah, and I went to the uh, Hoop Fest uh, early in the season, uh, that preseason kind of showcasing the team. I think a big thing I noticed is in that little scrimmage there were a lot of three-pointers which isn't necessarily that much of a surprise but they were making them at a very high rate so i think like i stated before i think if you can make those shots and you can score their main focus should be defensively if they can keep these teams at lower scores because last year i want to say they were like sixth in the team or sixth in the conference in defensive points allowed um they allowed 72.8 points per game which was the most in the conference. Yeah, that's it. A, was the most in the conference. That's yeah, that's not good. Touching on the defense, I'm glad you brought this up. Um, Muller is actually, I think he said in a recent interview with the Panagraph that he's uh, making a switch to his base defensive coverage. Um, he's going to be shifting more away from like a zone based defense to more man to man. Um, it should be interesting. Thank um, God. <laughs> it should be interesting because statistically last year they were better man to man than when they ran zone. Um, so hopefully that uh, that could uh, keep up where they're a better man-to-man team than zone. And I think it's the right move at this point. But, um, yeah, last year's defense was very bad. Um, yeah, let me let me touch on that for yeah, a second. Give it to Sermer. Um, they were – you can't really play zone defense effectively in college, I feel like, unless you have, like, a really stacked defense. And ISU did not last year. But they also couldn't keep up to man to man, so it was a really like tough pill to swallow for them. They either had to, I feel like they went into zone to save themselves a little bit in the late games because man to man gets physical. But with them getting bigger, I feel like that helps them a lot. And also, you guys were talking about Mark Freeman a, a minute ago. Muller said the other day that he's the fastest player he's ever coached. So I think he's really like possibly one of the big reasons why they're going to be able to run the man-to-man like more efficiently this year and just one last thing before we can change topics if you all want to um 
Last year, per Synergy, the Redburns played zone on over half of their defensive possessions, which is, that is a lot yeah. of zone defense. Yeah, I would agree. So I think now we can uh, move on. We can start talking about some of those teams that are really going to compete for that NBC title this year. Uh, first of all, Drake is the pick in the preseason poll. Last year, they had one of their best seasons that they've had in a long time. I remember they started off, I want to say it was like 11-0 and or something. They were pretty good at the start of the year, but... Uh, now they're returning most of their players. That's why Loyola Chicago finished second. They're losing a huge player in Cameron Crutwig. That guy, watch. I watched him in the March Madness, and it was just, he's such a fun guy to watch. I mean, he doesn't necessarily look like the best athlete in the world, but he got the job done. But like I said, Drake's returning a lot of big players. I think that's going to boost their potential this season. So, yeah, I think yeah, you mentioned like this is their first time on record that they are the favorite in the MVC pool. Uh, yeah, they're coached by uh, Darian DeVries. He's uh, been at uh, Drake for three years. Uh, so, yeah, they had a 26-5 record last year and went 15-3. and They're returning uh, four of their top leading scorers. They've got uh, senior uh, Shanquan Hemphill, their leading scorer, uh, who put up 13.2 points a game and shot 58% from the field, which super efficient. Uh and then uh, from three out of their four of their leading scorers shot at least who have shot at least 63s had a three point percentage over 33 percent, which I think is a respectable percentage to honor on the court. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, um, like you said, going off three point percentage. Um, I think Drake could get interesting this year. They have they've kept a lot of their team from last year, um, and they've added like they've added some talent to there. Uh, I think their their head coach Darren DeVries, he can get he can get really creative with some of his lineups. Like he could he could maybe run like f- some uh, five out like four guard offense. Like he, there's a lot of versatility with that team, and I think that's I think they're that's why probably why they're the favorite. It's because not only have they kept their nucleus, but they still they got a lot of versatility on that team. Like they they they're understandably the favorites over a team like Loyola right now. Yeah, and Roman Penn is one of those players. He's a senior guard. Um, last year, he uh, started every single game for Drake. Um, 45% from the field, about 33% from three. Uh, he's going to be a big part. He was uh, one of the players picked for the uh, preseason first-team MVC. Um, so I think that's going to be a player you definitely need to look out for for Drake this year. I think one thing we didn't mention was last year was the first time they made the NCAA tournament in 13 years. So it seems like Darian DeVries is leading that team into a new direction so uh, I think everything bodes well for them going on barring any injuries uh, like you mentioned Roman Penn he led the team in assists last year uh, and then senior Darnell Brody led the team in rebounding uh, I, I expect really good things from Drake this year yeah I mean when you bring back two of your leading uh, stat getters it's going to be a you have a lot of potential for sure yeah, just just a lot of potential overall. Um, like I said, understandably the favorite. Um, they got they got some better players off the bench too. Um, Drake is going to be a tough team to beat this year. Um, I I look forward to those Drake Loyola matchups. And I guess if we, if we're all ready, we can move on to Loyola. So yeah, about definitely Loyola. Loyola uh, new head coach now and Drew Valentine. Um, like like we said multiple times, they lost the big player in Cam and Crutwig, but I think. Defense is still going to be their big mindset. They were they only allowed fifty three point nine points per game last year, which they are the only team in the MVC that allowed less than sixty points per game, which is extremely impressive. But like I said, losing Krutwig is going to be a big thing. Him in the middle was a huge help. 
Uh, he had 34 blocks and 34 steals last year, which is quite the feat, especially in that shorter season. But um, now Loyola Chicago is going to be bringing uh, another player who's on the preseason first team in uh, – I'm sorry, second team, I think it was, in uh, Lucas Williamson. He's the graduate student. Um, last year – he also helped a lot in the defensive category with 42 steals, which actually led the team. So, like I said, I think defense is going to be a big key for Little Chicago this year. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, something else to note, they did lose their head coach um, and elevated uh, Drew Valentine, um, who uh, I believe he was their architect of their defensive scheme. And uh, let me just say, they're... Right, they were ranked as the second best defensive team in the country last year, I believe. I uh, I have they propelled in the first last year in scoring defense. I mean, uh, it depends on what stat you're looking at. Yeah, looking yeah, at. but um, don't get it twisted. Loyola is still going to be a incredibly stingy defensive team. Um, like you can even in the tournament last year, they were outstanding on defense. Like just watching them and how they ran their defense was. It was it was very informative like to go back and rewatch a bit, um, so I think and credit to Drew Valentine he's propelled himself into the name for like one of the best like younger like coaching prospects and I think he's getting a deserved chance here with Loyola. So yeah, uh, you mentioned the defense. I'm gonna mention maybe some scoring that they've got coming in. So they've got two freshmen coming in, uh, St. Thomas and Ty Johnson. They both are coming into college, averaging 20 points in high school. So maybe they will be able to translate their scoring game into college if given the time, and maybe make up that ground that Cameron Krutwig uh, uh, left. Uh, but like you also mentioned, uh, they have Lucas Williamson. He averaged 8.8 .8 points last year. They also have Braden Norris, so maybe they can elevate their scoring and fill that spot because I think we would all agree you're not too worried about the defense. Like, their head coach is going to be defensive mind. He's going to instill that in them. It's just more so, okay, where are you going to make up that scoring? Because losing 15 points per game, you're, you're going to have to make that up somewhere. But I think – you also could say on the defensive end that will create some scoring opportunities, whether that's getting deflections, whatnot, just getting stops in general. Uh, I think th 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 I think they'll be fine. Uh, like you said, they they did lose uh, their head coach Porter Moser to Oklahoma, but I mean, when if you put in defensive-minded head coach, I think that gives you some excitement because watching good defense is, I think, for true basketball fans, that's one of the best things. Well, yeah, I think they're definitely going to be one of those teams where defense is the best offense. If you can stop those guys and get those fast break points, like I said, you're bringing back your leading steals, uh, leader in steals, so if you can get those steals and get out those fast break points, offense is going to be as much of a worry. You're just going to need to take that easy, but defense is obviously, like we said, definitely going to be their focus. So I think uh, we can now move on to... Uh, Northern Iowa, who, although they had a rough season last year, they're picked to finish third. They are bringing a big player back. To, he's the preseason pick for player of the year, A.J. Green. Um, he's, I believe, a senior guard, or junior guard there. He's 6'4". Um, he's going to be a huge part of that UNI team this year. Yeah, uh, he averaged 22 points in the three games that he played last year. He shot 66.7% from three, which is incredible. But one thing I did note, uh, it's nothing really against him. I think it's just funny. In those three games, they all lost. And then the one game they played after he got hurt, they actually won. 
So I just think it's interesting to see how that translated. But yeah, I, I mean, he's gonna add, as soon as he comes uh, as ba- is back on the court, he's in, uh, he's going to instill life on the offensive side because I mean the efficiency and just the amount of points he's gonna put up. I I think unless that uh, he has hip problems come up again, I, I think they should be great again. I mean, they were ranked sixth on offense without mainly without him last year and ninth in defense. So I mean, in, on the offensive side of the ball, that should go up. Now the defense. Who knows? But they're going to have to be better than ninth if they really want to push for a tournament run. Uh, yeah, just one quick thing on AJ Green. Um, he said, um, per Jim Nelson from uh, the WCFCCourier.com, um, in his recent in, in a recent tweet, he said uh, AJ Green looked healthy, and Green said um, he's stronger and that he's added seven inches to his vertical. So I think it'll be fine. So yeah, so it sounds like he's fine, but no, Northern Iowa when when Green went out, it was clear that they really did suffer from completely that. derailed their season. From, yeah, just three games in, um, it was it was a it was a it was a tough ride for them. It was a really tough ride for them. He's almost like a guaranteed bucket if you get him the ball. He'll he'll probably on any given day he could shoot seventy five percent, no problem. I mean, he's not averaging that for a season because it's very tough to do that over a full season. But he, I don't know how, he's for sure the best player in the in the NBC right now. I mean, maybe Tyree Key and Isaiah Mosley could argue. And Lucas Williamson for sure also could probably have a stake. But I think A.J. Green's probably, he's going to be probably pretty scary this year. And I think another player you need to look out for, Austin Fife. He's one of their forwards. He was uh, he had twelve point four points per game last year, so he definitely helped that offensive category. Um, he also recorded eight steals and seventeen blocks, so that's gonna be another big defensive part of the uh, UNI. So obviously, AJ Green's gonna bring a big offensive part to this team, but I think, like we talked about, Loyal, their defense is gonna have to be pretty key. Um, last year, UNI allowed 71.5 points per game, which I believe was second worst only to Illinois State. So, I mean, if they can upgrade that defense, bring A.J. Green back is obviously going to push the offense and it's going to help win them some games. Um, yeah, something else I think should that should be, you know, I believe Northern Iowa won the 2019-2020 NBC uh, title. Um, they have a lot of, like, uh, the same the, the players, same players from that team. They got Green, uh, Trey Barrow, uh, Austin Fife. Uh, Taiwan Pickford, Bowen Bourne, those were like not to harp on experience, but some of these players have been there and done that. And Northern Iowa really hasn't had any key losses this offseason. And when you have the player like Green returning, um, like we talked about how Drake and Loyal are deservedly the favorites and and uh, all that, but Northern Iowa, they're a team that like they they shouldn't be slept on either. Like like Jake said. Green coming back, he's probably the best player in the MVC. They have the experience, and they've been there and done that before. So You're, they're certainly a team that can like upset Loyola and Drake. It wouldn't even be an upset actually. They could, they're a team that could just beat Loyola and Drake and take the MVC title. And they have four players coming back who started twenty games or more last year, and then obviously AJ Green as well. So like you said, they do have plenty of experience, and uh, like you said, they should definitely compete for that title. I'd say one thing to look out for is that they're welcoming in seven freshmen. So 
they're going to be their bench unit is probably going to be a little less experienced so I would watch out for that because who knows how they will be able to translate they will have the experience like you said in their starting rotation especially with green back but I think it's going to also be pretty important to see how their freshmen handle the college experience yeah. All right. So I think we're good to move on to Missouri State. Uh, Missouri State is predicted to finish fourth. They're coached by Dana Ford here. Um, last year, they were a pretty middle of the pack team. They allowed 67.3 points per game, which, like I said, was right around the middle in the MVC. But the 71.2 points per game, which I think was second in the MVC here, that's going to be a huge thing for them. If they can keep pushing that offense, maybe they can pull off these upsets against some of these higher ranked teams. Yeah, they've got a really good guard uh, forward combo with Isaiah Mosley, who averaged uh, almost 20 points last year. He actually led the MVC uh, in points per game. Uh, and they have uh, forward Gage Prim, who averaged 16.7 points per game on 60% field goal and nine boards. So both of them are shooting extremely efficient. Uh, they are welcoming in six underclassmen, and they have nine underclassmen. So, I mean, it, it looks like a more experienced team. Uh, I, I think that is one thing that would give me – uh, reassurance with that team because I, I do think experience matters to be in that moment uh, I I also expect them to possibly uh, be better than their uh, projection um, yeah uh, something else in Missouri State a lot of their key players have, have returned and I'm glad you brought up uh, Mosley and uh, Prim um, that's a that's a pretty good like duo to have like they're both coming off really good seasons um like i think prim especially um his like inside uh or just um both like his presence inside and slightly outside the paint i think that's it's almost like pick your poison with them but i think prim mosley and prim those two i think they're one of the best one two punches punches in the mvc like entirely and I think another player to look out for, Demarcus Sharp, uh, kind of caps out the big three. I would call it because you're bringing back your top three uh, rebounders, assist leaders, steals leaders. You have I, Prim Gage or Gage Prim, like you said, 31 blocks. Uh, Sharp had another 11. This team is really well rounded in a lot of facets, and I think they're definitely going to be a team to look out for. Yeah, uh, just one quick stat with Sharp. Um, he dished out 57 assists while only uh, giving the ball up 17 times last season. That is a 3.2 assist to turnover ratio. That is phenomenal. Yeah, that definitely. Is, that is really good. And even even Prim and Mosley, those two, those two are both good passers in their own right. Like, when the, when the defense, like, shades over, like, they can hit the open man. So, like, you deserve, you said a big three, and it, it can be a big three. Yeah, I mean, they're all, they're all great passers, and... Like, Missouri State's going to be a good team this season. I, I'm not sure if they're on that echelons of the like, Drake, Loyola, and... Uh, but, like, they'll, they'll, be a, they'll be a good team in their own right. Like, they're a team that could turn some heads if if everything goes their way. So, just so, I want to talk about a couple key players to look out for. Uh, we obviously talked about some of these big guys, A.J. Green, uh, Isaiah Mosley, Roman Penn, but Engage Prim. But another player to look out for, Tyree Key, was picked to be in that first team All-MVC, Indiana State. While Indiana State wasn't necessarily picked to finish very high, they are picked to finish ninth in the conference, but Tyree Key is a huge returning player here for uh, uh, Indiana State and definitely could be in contention for that MVC player of the year. Although, like uh, Jake said, I do think uh, 
AJ Green's going to be hard to beat out for that. No, yeah, um, Tyreek. He, um, I think he's shown that he's he, he's he's an, he's a pr- really good shot maker, and he's also likes to push the ball in transition. Um, and it's going to be. It's going to be tough for him since Indiana State are predicted to be bottom of the pack. I think they're they were second to last. Yeah, they were ninth in the NBC uh, preseason poll. But it shouldn't take away from Tyreek. He, he's he's a good player and he's he'll he'll get his he'll get his flowers and stuff. But he's he's really like the player to watch for Indiana State, and he really is a like a phenomenal shot maker and just a transition phenom. Um, I do want to say something about Indiana State. Um, I can't remember their. Do you remember their head coach from last season's name? Do you guys have that when you're doing your research? Uh, is it Josh Shirts? No, that's no, this. That's still, a new one. This year's head coach. <sighs> yeah, so they hired Josh Shirts this year after longtime coach. It's on the tip of my tongue, but they had the longtime head coach. Kurt. Is it Kurt? Um. um Kurt Malory. Uh, no, yeah. Greg Lansing? Greg Lansing, thank you. They were tired of finishing, like, third or fourth in the in the Valley, and now they switched head coaches because they wanted to be better, and they're projected to be significantly worse. So, like, because their whole point was they wanted to be top of the Valley, not middle of the pack, and they have one of the best players in the conference, in all honesty, and they're not a terrible offensive team at times. They... It really could get you with their quickness sometimes, but the I just think it shows a lot that that switching up their head coach was possibly not a good idea because they're they're looking way they're being projected to be significantly worse this year. I mean, yeah, I mean these are, I mean I can under understand Indiana State obviously wanting to be ambitious and try to like get, <coughs> like get an NBC title, but Drake and Loyola those are. Like we said, those are two good teams. Like, I don't want to say there's any shame in losing to them, but like, those are two teams that those are those are some pretty big, pretty big teams. And losing to like losing to if you're Indiana State losing them, I don't honestly think that's a bad thing. Now, if it becomes a repeated cycle, like a five year cycle, then obviously some sort of change we looked at. But yeah, the firing that was certainly interesting. Lansing's firing was certainly interesting. I think one thing you could kind of comp it to, and not to get into NBA too much is more so like when the Raptors fired Dwayne Casey and brought in Nick Nurse who was already on staff and kind of propelled them. so I don't know if they're looking for like that toward type of change to really put them maybe a step above if they think he can do that but I, I think from that point maybe they I'm not going to say the head coach got complacent but maybe the people who are in charge and the bosses of uh, what was, uh, former head coach uh Maybe they're just looking for something different to see if maybe this new head coach can put them over the top of being third, finishing third and fourth. No, uh, yeah. Um, but it also should be mentioned, uh, last season's Indiana State team, that was a very solid team. And that was, you could argue that that was like Lansing's best chance to actually do something with the program, and he didn't. So, like, there, there's, there's certain contexts where you can understand where they fired him, but there's certain contexts to where also, like, the firing could be a bit confusing. And going with uh, Josh Schwartz in his in, a, in his first uh, season as the coach of the program, head coach of the program, it, it's certainly going to be interesting. 
Uh, here was my take when this happened, and this is still kind of my take. Um, it's going to be pretty hard for Indiana State basketball to get a better head coach than Greg Lansing. Just, I, it's not the most coveted job, and that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, Indiana State isn't really a coveted job. And, like, Lansing, Lansing did a good job with the program. I mean, so, but, yeah. I do have uh, like one more thing I wanted to ask you guys for you guys to discuss. Uh, ISU obviously picked 10th to finish. Is that where you guys see the Redbirds finishing this year? Do you see them kind of higher in the top of the standings? or What are you guys thinking? I'd probably see them finishing still in the bottom of the pack, probably I'd say 9 to 10 range. I think 9 and 10 range is probably their spot, but yeah. I would say, I mean, like you said, they put on quite a bit of muscle this year, which I think that was their big reason that they struggled defensively last year. Down low, they got bullied. The guards got bullied on drives. It was kind of hard to stop these other teams. By putting on this muscle, they definitely increased their defense. I know they, and I think their offense, like I said, I mean, I know it's just this little scrimmage beforehand, but I think that they have some definite shooters who can definitely make a difference for the team. I think if they can combine this added muscle and have a solid offense, they could get up until like the low middle pack, but it, it's going to be tough this year for sure. They, it is a very strong top of the conference. Yeah, um, I don't. Yeah, I think they're going to finish more towards like the bottom than even the middle. Um, I think what Mueller is doing with switching the defensive scheme um, helps, but honestly, like this, I this isn't a team I really see going somewhere this season, despite the fact that they have gotten bigger, like Scotty and Jake have said, where they've gotten bigger, and they should look to be better. Um, I, I just, this team, I'm not sure this is the this season for this team, or if this is the season for Muller to take this team somewhere. Yeah, uh, ninth or 10th is my prediction. Um, if things really go their way, maybe 7th or 6th. I could but see them, yeah, I could see them topping out at 7th. I don't see them going any higher than that. Realistically, they're going to be 8th or ninth. Um, I would be surprised if they're not better than at least one of Evansville, Valpo, or Indiana State. I would I would be shocked, to be honest. Um I was surprised Evansville was, were they 8 or were they 7? They were 8. I was, I figured they would have been ninth or 10th. Um, uh, yeah. we, we sh- uh, for Evansville, they were 1 point off from being ninth. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. The State, and 3 points off from being 7th. So yeah, so that's a very, how, margin. what was the margin between ISU and ninth? Uh, uh, it was, it was, give or take, I think it was 79? Yep, that's what it was, 79. 79, so yeah. <laughs> Like Indiana State's on 147 points, 147 points, and Illinois State is on 68. Yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> they were not like the Redbirds in the. They, yeah, they apparently everyone is freaking out about DJ Horn and uh, Dusama Sorchik leaving. <laughs> uh, you guys got anything else? I think we're all good for today. I, I think I think we are all set. Uh, do you know the Do you know the send off, or you want me to do it? Uh, I you can do it. All right. Um, that was that was the boys' first podcast. Went great. Um, be sure to follow along every week. We're going to try to do this every Monday. But uh, follow along all things ISU Sports at VedetteOnline.com. Follow our Twitter at the underscore Vedette. 
and follow our sports account at vedette underscore sports. You can find all of our Twitters and the link in our uh, page. Yeah, stay hot, NBC.